Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him, his. I'm a queer, political, actor, activist, comedian, cancerian, self-proclaimed, sexy blurred. That's a uh, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by another fabulous minority where we tackle the news, pop culture, politics, media, history, and more, all with a little self-care and self-love sprinkled throughout. Ooh, do we have a show for you all today? Oh, this is one that I know I've been waiting for, that I've been needing. James Nowlin is back, y'all. We had him on the show about two years ago. He is a dynamic keynote speaker, executive coach, who's an expert on purposeful living, leadership, and professional development. He's also the award-winning author of one of my favorite books. It's currently by my bedside, The Purposeful Millionaire, 52 Rules of Creating a Life of Wealth and Happiness. He's been called the Napoleon Hill of our generation, and he is here to shed some light in these seemingly dark times. And y'all, we dive deep and we answer some of your questions. We discuss, you know, can we return back to quote unquote normal? What is that? What would that even look like when we get to the other side of this pandemic? And James gives us his tips and tools for navigating these times, you know, dealing with trauma and crisis, what you should be filling your head with, what you need to release in order to move through this and get to your next level, how to save money and earn in today's new pandemic world, what to do if you just don't seem to have the motivation right now, and what to do when your plan A can't go forward because of the current circumstances. We talk about what a healthy ego versus an inflamed ego looks like, how to avoid suffering for a lifetime, and the key to achieving happiness. Oh yes, we talk about all of this and so much more. It is jam-packed. So excited to share this conversation with you all. James is here to help our light shine brighter. Oh yeah, it is double the James coming at ya. So let's learn, laugh, and play. And you know what? Today, we're going to grow, we're going to heal with James and Allen right here on Minority Corner. things that I would really enjoy about being in New York right now is I would have the streets to run to myself. I'd be running all over Manhattan. I'm a long distance runner. And uh, whenever I'm somewhere new or in a different city, I'll just run the whole damn city. And I could only imagine being in New York with not a ton yeah. of traffic. Um, sidewalks clear, um, nobody in the way and just like breezing through the entire. Borough. Yeah, that's what I mean. I will say my friends who are living there, um, they find it more creepy than anything else, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> all these tall like... buildings, all these people with no idea outside. It feels a little end of the world apocalyptic. Um, yeah, so. But you know what I've learned is to not take myself so damn seriously during lockdown, because we're used to like interfacing face to face, being in buildings, uh, you know, being on airplanes and stuff together. I'm like, let's just relax a little bit. Let's just relax. Let's calm down. Let's be friends. Let's get our work done. But let's not put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. Yeah. And um, that new energy is um, a different experience that I'm having right now with myself, with my business affairs, and also with my husband. You know, we were yeah. just grind, 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 12 hours a day, sometimes six days a week. And I told John, I said, look, this is a marathon, not a sprint. 
And a lot of the world is worrying about where they're going to get their next uh, uh, you know, bag of groceries from. And I'd say that's probably 40, 50% plus the population or what yeah. next week is going to look like financially um, and spiritual and emotionally too. And this is the first time in my life of going through a crisis and not really having to worry about food. It's mm. a really interesting feeling, James. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, everything's going to be okay. And I've got a, a big giant team of employees. I got to keep them paid. The payroll is yeah. really expensive. All the expenses of keeping things going are really expensive. But I'm not afraid this time. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not. I'm just yeah. not. It's refreshing. Yeah. And so that's why I put out those mental health moment videos and stuff. And that's why I try to do the free coaching and uplifting messages and everything is because while the rest of the world is operating in fear, I'm not choosing that path because I've got every reason to operate in such a way, but I'm yeah. not doing that. And neither yeah. are you by putting out positive stuff like this podcast. Thanks. I, trying to, I mean, I definitely have to say, uh, first of all, I'm just so glad that you were already, you're, you're back here on the show. Um, just a little caveat to everybody. Um, you and I had talked maybe about like uh, <laughs> two months ago and it was a drastically different world. And I was talking to you. I just said, you know, I didn't feel like what we had talked about then really, you know, in some ways I think the essence of it still works, but I think I wanted to get a conversation with you and I um, that just spoke more to uh, the current shape of the world that we're, we're in. So how, I mean, it sounds like you're doing well. Like how, how are you doing? How are you surviving? This is my first pandemic. Uh, how are you surviving this? How is the pandemic going for you? You know, it's, um, it's an opportunity for our light to come out or for our darkness to come out. Uh, and yeah. I have chosen for my light to shine as brightly as possible to be a living demonstration of positive thought, encouragement, love, kindness, and doing whatever I can do for my fellow man, woman, and child out there. And I'll tell you, during the first couple of weeks of the crisis, my energy was off. I was uh, off-centered, um, had a couple of unnecessary arguments. I had some anxiety creeping into my life. Maybe a touch of depression. I was a little bit up and down. But after about the third or fourth week or so, I centered myself. And I, um, I focused on the breath. And I went inside. And I said, well, God, this is between you and me. I want to do a good job and come out of this thing a better person, stronger person, having learned some lessons and having done some work on myself during this time. And what that means to me is getting out there and helping others getting out there and helping others. When you dedicate your life to service and to helping other people, there's no space for tremendous amounts of anxiety or depression or worrying or woe is me. You get in alignment with your purpose and your flow in life. And even though we're going through tough things economically, uh, politically, um, and, and the list goes on and on and on, we are in control of our own consciousness. Yeah. We are in control of our own consciousness. And happiness is our choice. Our volunteering and our giving is our choice. And when we pull back from those things, when we say, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? That's a perfect gateway to a lower level of living, a lower mm. energetic frequency, and yeah. in my opinion, depression and anxiety. And I dealt with a lot of that shit in my 20s, not going to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I had started rereading your book, The Purposeful Millionaire, before the pandemic. It's actually, it's my, it's my bedtime reading. And uh, oh, it's, I, <laughs> so I feel like I've you. been, <laughs> it's my I bedtime like been, reading too. 
<laughs> it's, you know, it's so interesting. It started it before the pandemic. And then I was hesitant to, 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 to jump back into it while the pandemic was going on. Cause same thing. I, I had some, you know, the thing that I've been reminding people uh, who have been getting in, like you were saying, getting in fights or feeling, you know, low level of anxiety or, or depression and on the varying degrees of it, I kind of remind people and like remind remind yourself that 90% of the stress that you're experiencing, mm-hmm. it's you're in a pandemic. Like it's it's a huge, yeah. none of us have experienced this. So it's like giving yourself and others that sort of grace that this is incredibly uh, abnormal. And I have found going to the things like reading books like yours and doing like my meditation practices, getting back to my foundations have been so helpful. Actually, my mastermind uh, partners also reading the book as well. So <laughs> I have found it very helpful. Is there anything, are there any key principles in that book that stick out in your mind that you feel have really sh- risen to the top of like, yes, this is a really good uh, rule or point or tip. You, you know, James, the entire uh, episode of, of me drowning, mm, going through yeah. a drowning with full recovery, and then the traumatic brain injury, and then the healing, um, just gives me a different perspective, a different outlook on life. Yeah. And through this, we can create our own mantras. And one of my mantras is, this too shall pass. So when we're having a bad day, when we're going through a pandemic, know that this too shall pass. Right. Everything will be okay if you center yourself in your consciousness and in your light. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got a choice as to how much we turn on the TV, how much we watch news, yeah. how little we read books, how little we reach out to other people to encourage them, how little we send cards or text messages saying to people that I'm checking in on you and I care about you and I love you. Um, we've got some choices that we can make on a daily basis right now. Yeah. And the book reminds us that in life, we're creating a beautiful, beautiful sculpture with our daily habits and rituals and routines. And every single day, we're chipping away at, at, let's say it's an ice sculpture, and we're making that ice sculpture more and more beautiful every single day. We're not running a sprint every day, but we're taking care of ourselves. We're caring for other people. We're putting ourselves out there, and we're creating that wonderful, wonderful sculpture. So if anyone out there is in doubt thinking, you know, I can't wait to get back to normal, well, I want to share this with you. I don't think we're going back to normal anytime soon. And if we were in a state of normalcy, that state of normalcy might have been filled with greed and corruption, um, Mm -hmm. some bigotry, uh, uh, some unfairness, some unkindness, some inabilities to see our neighbors when they were walking past us. Now we're talking to each other. Now we're being a little bit kinder when we're in line. Um, Now we're seeing that some of the things that we thought that we needed are not things that we actually need. Now we're finding ways to align in new structures of abundance where our incomes might not be as high, where our earning ability might not be as high, but we're finding ways to find richness on the inside that might not have been there before. And this is coming from someone who's on more than 100 airplanes a year in (laughs) hotel rooms and staying in different places other than home for more than 150 nights a year. And so the fact that I might not have uh, the income right now, but that I get to find ways to laugh and love and to be with my partner for consistent amounts of time and to not be racing to the next Uber car, racing to the next flight or racing to give the next speech or to present before a board in a tall building gives me the space to feel love and to create within me, 
creativity and a new consciousness and a new awareness so that as I come out of this, as you and I and my partner and my family and my community comes out of this, we can say, wow, we survived and we're better demonstrations of ourselves. Yeah. We're better demonstrations of ourselves. Yeah. I feel like in the same thing that you were talking about when, you know, crises for when, you know, they don't happen to us, they happen for us. And which I totally understand for some people they're with what's going on, they're maybe not even able to even get to that sort of place of thinking quite yet. Um, but yeah, a crisis really shows you, you know, who you are. And at the same time, like you were saying, I feel like so much of the things that were going on in our world, our societies, or even within ourselves, like they weren't working. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's been a huge thing of, you know, the universe, the goddess, whatever you want to call it, was like, y'all need to quit. Like, what you're doing isn't working. Y'all go to your rooms. Y'all need Mama's to Mama's hat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like the things that just, there's so many things, you think, see the things that are, are collapsing, you know, even things of like having your healthcare tied to your job, like that doesn't really work. Or the thing, seeing what's happening with the meat plants, maybe we should be eating less meat. Like there's, you know, not driving as much that, you know, the universe is, a is a self fixing organism and mm -hmm. is kind of doing that you know mm -hmm. and and like you said it's it's a it's an opportunity for us to go within and have that reflection um of what really does matter as mm -hmm. as as human beings that that connection that uh being uh part of a community and and, and things like that the universe is is catching her breath and she's saying, yeah. look, we're going to take a pause. We're going to take a timeout right now. And as I force this timeout upon you, you've got some choices that you can make. You can, you know, shrug your shoulders. You can get mad. You can be pissed off and say, I can't wait until, you know, um, you know, my sports teams are playing again and the concerts are going on again. And I can go out to the bar and hang out with friends and stuff again. Or you can say, wow, I can walk outside right now. And I can actually hear myself when I'm speaking because there aren't 25 airplanes above me and thousands of cars driving past me right now. Or wow, it's springtime. And for me, this is the first time that I've been home for longer than 30 days, or I've spent wow. an entire season in my home. First time ever. Yeah. First time I've ever got to spend an entire season in my home and to not be on the road. So yeah. I go outside and I see the hummingbirds and I see the um, uh, flowers in bloom in the springtime. And I'm noticing things that were there before, but I didn't have the presence, even though I had the presence of mind that I thought that I had, the perception of that presence then. Um, but I've got this new presence, this new awareness now. And within me, within us, I have, I believe that we have the opportunity to become more alive, more alive. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of forced us all to slow, slow down. Um, you know, we, we were we were just it wasn't working what we we're doing before the, the fights, the arguments, the just inner suffering that people were um, experiencing. Um, I do want to ask, there's a few questions from some of our listeners who've had, you know, there's a lot of stress out there. And I thought you'd be the right person to help us uh, with some of the questions. So uh, this one comes from Maury. Maury was saying has a question about what's, what do you, what, how do you find, what are some of the best ways to motivate yourself? She's finding that um, she's actually feeling very un, unmotivated to do things. And, you know, there's talk of like, well, you, you, there's so much more time now, but I think for some people there's still, um, 
an underlying layer of sort of trauma. Like people experience trauma in different ways. Uh, Maury's in New York and the heart of it um, is, is luckily able to still work from home. But there's other, you know, you see other people who are like, you know, hitting that entrepreneur button and they're like, I'm starting a business. And Maury, people like, so I know people like Maury just are, are not have that drive to be able to do it. So what are some of the best sort of ways to even start to make the best usage of this of this time here that we have. Uh, Maury, thank you so much for that, that wonderful, wonderful question. Um, there are different parts to the question that I want to address. And, and the first part is trauma. Uh, when we're going through trauma or crisis, the body will always find a way to express that trauma or that crisis. So as we're looking for creative outlets, as we're looking for ways to um, do more stuff, uh, know that the body is going to express any kind of trauma or crisis that is undealt with. So we've got to go within. And that going within might be in the form of prayer, a dedicated prayer time every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people who at 11, 11, 11, 11 a.m., every single day an alarm goes off on their uh, device that says, hey, just take a moment to reflect, to uh, express gratitude, to be yeah. thankful, or just to think about a few things or a few people or a few situations that you're really, really grateful for right now. If we don't allow the busy mind to calm down, the creative mind won't awaken. So when the rational mind and the busy mind and the I've got to do this and I've got to do that in order to be important or to achieve or to feel um, a sense of accomplishment in my, in my life is going at 100 miles an hour, it's almost impossible to write a beautiful song or to paint yeah. or to uh, clean your shelves or to um, uh, sew clothes or to come up with some beautiful artwork in your home or to do something really amazing, like pick up an instrument that you might not have picked up in 10 years and go back to it. So we've got to allow ourselves that space, that freedom to say, we don't have to do, 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 but what we have to do is be, be, be. Mm. And that might mean taking a several day hiatus away from the news, away from social media, away from computers and devices that used to be semi-entertainment devices, but are now totally work devices to center ourselves and to come within. So Maury, whatever you are feeling right now, that feeling is okay. Um, some days you might be feeling frustrated. Some days you might be feeling anxious. Some days you might be feeling not enough, but that's okay. That's part of the process. And as you go through that process, know that one of the biggest competitive advantages that you have is to not compare yourself with anybody else. Let them do their thing. Some folks yeah. out there are creating businesses. They're doing this, that, and the other. They're starting podcasts. Guess what? A lot of them don't have the discipline to keep those things going long-term after they get back into um, a, a world that is functioning more like the previous levels uh, that we were exper experiencing a few months ago. So we don't want to look at them. Um, in my book, I talk about don't compete, be unique, center uh, yes. yourself and your uniqueness and your power, because more you are beautiful. You might need to take a few days off. You might need to take a couple of weeks off. Keep on getting your stuff done. Keep on staying uplifted. But just give the process time knowing that you are enough and those creative juices, those ideas will come to you. And then you'll have the stick to to actually get them done and to keep them sustainable. Because why start something big if it's not sustainable? And I'll tell you right now, I've had a lot of ideas in my life. I've had some things that have, um, I've stuck with, some things that I've not stuck with. The things that I always stuck with always became hugely successful once I could just Close my eyes and say, James, keep on going. Today might not have been a good day, but you've got tomorrow. 
and then you've got next week, then you've got next month, mm-hmm. then you've got next year, but stick to it. And don't put too much pressure on yourself more. You've got this. Yeah, I love that. It's, um, it's interesting because it kind of reminds me of sort of the process that I sort of went with when this is all sort of, I know it's a transition of completely relocating my life from New York City to California to possibly, you know, move to LA and, and go to Hollywood. And this just pumped the brakes on all of that. And, you know, I used to teach dance classes and I had so many of my former students who were like, oh, James, teach dance classes, teach dance classes. I was immensely James I just was like people are dying I I have no desire to teach dance classes right now like I the world is up I don't know what's happening tomorrow Mm -hmm. but what I found is when I went back to sort of again what my foundations are like when I'm doing my meditations when I am working out um when I am doing my gratitude journals when I am taking in books that uplift my spirits and tap into like my dreams then I was able, once I had that foundation, literally putting my own oxygen mask on first and then was doing the meditations, it was like the ideas of how to move forward moved through me of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I can teach a dance class. Oh, I can, I put together a, uh, I have a huge family and I put together a huge Mother's Day extravaganza this past weekend with, you know, game shows and prizes and just cruise ship entertainment all from your own home. But it came from like what you were saying was going back to my practices and taking care of my own self first. Then I was able to be of service to the world and others. Yes, James. And for everyone out there, be careful about what you fill your head with. Be careful about what you're watching on TV. Be careful about uh, uh, your levels of shopping online. Be careful about overcooking and over recipeing life. Be careful about all those things and evaluate where you are in your process and just slow it down a little bit and uh, do a little check-in with yourself. You know, am I watching too much news? Am I eating, you know, too much food? Am I eating the wrong foods? Am I shopping to fill a void? Am I gossiping to fill a void? Am I reading, um, you know, romance novels instead of books that can actually help me to get really, really good at my craft? There's so much good stuff out there and the brain is such a powerful tool. It's it's only 2% of our body weight and most (laughs) humans only use 10% to 40% of the brain's power. Einstein didn't even use all of his brain's power, but it's an amazing, amazing organ and amazing things can happen when you intentionally fill it with positivity. Now, James, you talked about uh, meditation. You talked about thinking positively. You talked about uh, routines with exercise and getting out there and allowing those creative juices to flow and you giving back to your family and doing something really, really cool for Mother's Day. That might not have happened if not, but for your slowing down, mm-hmm. allowing yourself to align in your centeredness and your creativity mm-hmm. to let that flow forward. And on the flip side of that, you get this feeling of love and abundance and acceptance and support and connectivity with your family in ways that you might not have felt in years, even though you guys were already close. Isn't that some cool stuff? Totally. Yeah. And to just like, I, in, when I getting to teach, I haven't taught a dance class in years since I've been over in New York and I got to tap into something that. You know, I thought I was doing it to be of service to other people, but James, the rewarding feeling that I got from the smiles and love and appreciation from everyone else, it it uplifted me. I was like, oh, I I needed Ooh, this. Wait, yes. you know? Oh my gosh, it was just such a it was a huge blessing. And now Saturdays at Saturdays at two p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, you yes. can take dance classes with me. Yes, <laughs> and I want to I want to add on to that, James. 
Yeah. Um, the mind, the body, and the spirit all work together. When mm -hmm. one is out of alignment, the other one's out of alignment. One can't help but be out of alignment. When you break a sweat and you dance, or when you pull together something for Mother's Day that where you're moving your body and, and putting up stuff and uh, moving from point A to point B and organizing, you break that sweat, you're getting rid of toxins, not only physical toxins within your body, but you're getting rid of mental toxins that are occupying, your, uh, occupying space rent-free in your brain. Yeah. So I encourage people, get moving, uh, break a sweat, and you're breaking a sweat, you're dancing, you're staying active, you're doing those things. But because those three are so connected, um, when the spirit is off, the body can be off and things are going to manifest in the body. Constantly yeah. check in with yourself and say, hey, how am I feeling today in my body? How am I feeling today spiritually? And how am I feeling today mentally? And continue to feed yourself the right stuff. Do it consistently. Do it on a routine. The first week or two, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach and I'm in, I'm in this you know, mental health space and all that stuff. I yeah. was eating a little bit of the garbage. I was drinking a little bit more than I was supposed to, but I found my center and I created structure. Mm -hmm. Got my alarm clock. It goes off at the same time every single morning. I could try to go to bed around the same time every single day. Then I've got that dedicated time when I go to my meditation space in my home and I center with James. And you can do it for two minutes. You can do it for five minutes. You can do it for an hour. But whatever you do, do it and do it consistently. Because if you don't do it consistently, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you go to the gym and bust it out for four hours once a month. What matters is if you go consistently, you're going to be constantly chipping away and creating something beautiful. And that beautiful sculpture is your life, your dreams, your dreams, your goals, your future. I love that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, I forgot who had said this, but there was something about the idea of um, like human beings are, we're meant to create and unused creativity in the body just sort of it metastasizes like a cancer, you know, on the inside. That's kind of like what you were talking about reminds me of. Could, could you imagine, could you imagine being in your deathbed, Jane, could you imagine being on your deathbed and saying, I wish I could have, should have, would have, I had all these <laughs> things that I wanted to do, but I didn't do them. I mean, when, when I'm on my deathbed, hopefully that'll be when I'm in my maybe nineties, late nineties, maybe early one hundreds. I want to say I rode that boy until the wheels fell off. When I said that I wanted to yes. do something, I did it. I surrounded yeah. myself with the right people. I read the right books. I kept a positive attitude. I kept going. And I rode this bad boy until there was no tread left on the tires. The wheels were falling off and this thing was collapsing on the ground. And that's got to be a good feeling. Got to be a yeah. good feeling. Yeah, that's been kind of sort of my... Uh, sort of aim and goal to you in life of like, I don't, I don't want to have any regrets when I get to the end. Hey, Max Funsters, it's Jesse Thorne. This week on my public radio interview show, Bullseye, I'm talking with Tina Fey and Robert Carlock about creating Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, and also just kind of why they're the best at everything. There was a window of time when we just to go to awards things and pick up our prizes and party with the people from Mad Men. You can find Bullseye at MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I have 
have another question. This one's from Michelle P. All right. Yeah. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> they, they knew you were coming, so we got the questions out. So Michelle P. is saying, um, it can feel overwhelming when all the ways you learn to earn money and save money just don't exist right now. So how does one take a moment to acknowledge that, let it go, and take time to find and practice new ways of doing those things that are realistic? Great question. Um, I want to ask if Michelle's a millennial. Do you know if Michelle's a millennial? Yes, I do know. Yep. Because I'm a I'm a tail end millennial. I'm like the oldest right. millennial on earth, right before the next we, generation. I think we Previous created generation. a new category, aren't you? Like a zenennial? Something like, like that. They've got your foot in both ends there. <laughs> but but our world is different than yeah. the previous generation and our parents' generation. And my parents' generation, you could graduate high school and get a, a job working at the factory and you could um, <sighs> buy a house or build a house when you were in your early 20s. And yeah. so I remember going through nine um, eleven and uh, the recession in two thousand eight. All that stuff. Look at yes. these ups and yes. downs that we've had, guys. I mean, we've had Thank to be creative. Guys. We didn't Our, have the same. <laughs> we, Our generation. I feel like we don't get millennials do not get enough credit. Like we've been dragged in the mud through so uh, much of the media, and uh-uh. I'm now taking a step look back, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like you said, we wait a damn nine eleven, the yep. recession. Like yep. so many of people in our generation, like don't when my my aunts and uncles and they all bought houses, and it has been so hard for our generation to be able to do that because we just yeah we've had to go we've gone through and now we're going through a global pandemic like our generation absolutely we have gone through our fair of and an incredibly (laughs) rapidly changing economy as well back then you could graduate high school you could do your thing as long as you showed up and did your job and you were consistent and a hard worker you were going to be able to provide for your family we've had so many daggone ups and downs and so many changes michelle i don't want you to be too hard on yourself because i've been (laughs) right out there with you but we've got to we've got to be in the mode of it's okay to reinvent myself. Mm. And we've got to pivot with the economy. And for me, as a, as a coach to CEOs, I've witnessed how some people have not been able to pivot when it comes to, to technology or when it mm. comes to virtually leading in an online workplace. That's an incredible, incredible skill that's going to become more valuable. I've gone from being a, a keynote speaker on stage and, and um, uh, working in boardrooms to doing all this stuff in my computer, in my home, and not traveling any. And so I was able to pivot quickly because I'm a millennial. Michelle, think about some of the advantages that you have right here, right now, being someone who grew up with technology and computers in your face and your ability to pivot quickly with the skill set that you actually have. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to come up with the right idea about how to make money or where to go to make money. Because guess what? Three years from now, we're looking at a fundamentally different economy than the one that we're in right now in 2020. Now, some people might have said back in 2019, December, early uh, 2020, that we will be looking at something very similar, maybe expanded in a few different ways, maybe some technological advancements. But the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. Um, Things are changing so quickly that those who are going to succeed are going to be those who can pivot and also, it's going to be those who are the true givers in society. Um, Mr. Rogers, mm. uh, who's, who's just, uh, just a, a powerful, uh, who was a powerful, uh, loving, inclusive man, he said his mama told him, when you're ever worried, look at the givers, because they're always people who are giving in this world. And those people yeah. have a power about them, and they control the world, they control the energy, they control the pulse of positivity, and around them, things happen next, and they're ready for it, because they were already in a state of giving. 
Does that make sense, James? Yeah. So as Michelle yeah. evaluates herself, look at where you are, look at what skills you got, look at how quickly things are going to change and say, well, thank you, universe. I've got all this already within me and I can pivot as I continue to show up as a positive force because opportunities will come my way. I might not know what that opportunity looks like today, but it's going to be unveiled to me really, really soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because there is, you know, I was just talking to my dad. I, well, I helped my mom get too big screen. I uh, currently quarantine with my mother for better or worse. Um, hey. <laughs> opening it, talk about, talk about reliving traumas, but the universe has put me here for a reason. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. just for a couple more weeks and we move on. Um, but I've been able to help her sort of, you know, uh, ad- upgrade her technology in her household, get her a new smartphone, uh, get all the TVs wired with all this, you know, stuff. Wow. And just kind of just talking to my, I love technology and, um, just the things I'm able to do, my ability to teach my dance classes is similar to you. I understand how technology works and how to troubleshoot different things. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my dad and, you know, he's in his sixties and I just, I, it reminds me of like, to get left behind at this point in the technology, technology, uh, technology advances, it essentially is becoming like, it's like being, uh, illiterate and being able not to read. Mm-hmm. And I, my dad is a heartbreak in his voice sort of when he talks about like, can't work technology yeah. and it's so stilting and so to not mm-hmm. get left behind in that and that, that's a great point james we have people in their 60s and some folks in their 50s saying you know i won't even text well guess what you're not going to be getting any phone calls you're not going to be getting people checking in on you and it's so simple once we get out of the box of i can't and i won't to i can and i will mm. and all that is is an attitude yeah. change it's not a capability change because i imagine that your dad's a smart man and that my dad has a certain level of intelligence, and there are other folks mm-hmm. out there um, at their age who are really, really doing it. What really impresses me is when I see somebody in their 80s or 90s posting something on Facebook or texting on their yeah. phone, because those folks are inspiration because they know how to pivot. Um, as we move forward, uh, the folks who are going to be the real leaders are those who pivot the most quickly and those who adapt the most quickly. And so let's just keep let's just keep uh, up with the pace of things as things do change. And eventually, those leadership positions in companies, those management positions, those openings um, where folks are retiring or dying off, those are going to be the seats that we fill by those who give, those who understand technology, and those who, who know how to pivot. Speaking of pivoting, I actually want to jump to a question that I actually, I'm going to get it. I'm still in the reins. I have a question. So, <laughs> you know, in your book, uh, you talk, you, not only I hear this a lot from a lot of the gurus, I consider you one of my gurus in my oh. life. Um, <laughs> and I've heard this so much and I've really sort of lived by it. You know, don't fo- like plan B takes away from plan A. And mm-hmm. I had really been focused on my plan A but my plan B, I work part-time in the tech industry, and I have to say, my plan B is what has absolutely saved my ass right now. I didn't have, I have so, it's, I've never been so grateful to have not made it as a full-time actor than this moment, because so many of my friends, I feel so bad for them, they're, who are on Broadway, who work in Hollywood, they're out of work, and, and some of them, their supplemental income was service industry jobs, and I've been so blessed that I didn't have that. I was, you know. Yeah, the gig economy, yeah. Absolutely. And so grateful that I never let, I never quit my day job. And I always had that. Um, and I actually even find myself now, um, I gotta be honest, this pandemic really spooked me from 
I I don't have a current plan to actually go down to to Hollywood. Honestly, I left one city in New York that I wasn't that wild about and not too jazzed to run down to LA that I'm not so excited about. But I do love the Bay Area. I have family here and I find myself actually pivoting towards tech completely, uh, computer programming. I am now taking computer programming classes because I saw a documentary about what computer programming really is. It's problem solving, it's puzzles. You're only limited by what it is that you learn. Whereas the entertainment industry was so dependent upon somebody, like it's like winning the lottery sometimes. And so I found myself pivoting towards my plan B now becoming my plan A. And if I was honest about it, I can act, I can enter, if, if telling, being a storyteller is my, my, my love and desire and passion to make an impact, if I'm honest, I can do that anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. um, I could, I don't need Hollywood or Broadway to, to do that. But I will say at first I was like, but wait a minute, everybody said, don't focus on plan B, but my plan B is saving me. Mm-hmm. I love that you share that James. I want to say this. We don't know when Hollywood is going to come back, but we do know when technology is going to come back. <laughs> technology is here and it's yeah. not going to go anywhere. Yeah. They might not open up Hollywood until 2022 for making movies and, and doing all the stuff that they do in Hollywood because it requires touch. It requires for people to, to be there, to be on the set, to be on scene, to, to, to be collaborating together hand in hand. We don't know when that's going to, going to come back. I love the fact that you poked a hole in one of the tried and true rules of success. Um, and I know that when I got out there and I started kind of doing my thing, I imagined a really, really different path for me. But during the same time, I kind of kept my eyes open about what might lead me to another level or to another stage in my life. I think the beautiful thing is, even though you had your plan A and your plan B, you kept your eyes open the entire time and didn't get so stuck or so laser focused and saying, this is who I am, and this is what I am. There's mm-hmm. a difference between the two. And mm-hmm. as you put yourself out there, you say, well, wow, I'm, I'm actually having fun, you know, working in the technology space. And I imagine myself doing X, Y, or Z, but I'm doing this now and having fun, and I'm actually making pretty good income, and it's sustainable, and it's consistent, and, you know, this, is, this ain't too bad at all. <laughs> um, I, I worked when I was in law school as a, as a print model. And I paid my way through uh, law school working for different modeling agencies. And some of my work's actually still out there on billboards and stuff. And it's, it's kind of cool. And they paid yeah. me a lot of money. And when I was doing that kind of stuff, I never imagined myself not doing it. And mm. then I said, well, you know, this is, I'm really, really good at this. And there's this demand and I get to put on clothes and walk around and think that I'm looking cute or whatever. <laughs> I define myself by that crap. I define myself mm. by that crap. And before I knew it, my self-esteem levels were low. I had body dysmorphia issues. I probably had some eating and working out issues that had gone unaddressed for too long. And then the self-love was within me was lower than it should have been um, uh, in my life at that time. And I had to do a lot of work on healing around what I thought was plan A versus plan B, going to law school, working at a law firm, quitting the law firm, starting my own company, getting out there, losing all my money, uh, going bankrupt during the Great Recession, building myself back up, then having another financial blip, and then building the company back up to where it is today. Um, There are going to be some some, uh, turns in the road along the way. But the real winners are people like you, who've got their eyes open the entire time that say, 
many plans are out there as part of my plan A. Mm. And I, my self-love, my self-love is plan A. It can express to the world in many, many different ways. But my centeredness and care for myself and my fellow man, that's plan A. It might Mm -hmm. show up as a different job title in a different city doing something else for a different amount of money. But plan A is I love James. I love James. And as I do that, I get to show the world who James is. And five years from now, who knows? My firm that does financial information technology and management consulting as its two practice areas right now might have an engineering practice in it that I never dreamed of, even though that's not my bailiwick or my skill area. But I'm open to it because first and foremost, I'm in alignment with my creator and I'm co-creating goodness out there. And so I'm open to all expressions of me as plan A. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, you've literally just sort of cemented all the things that have kind of been swirling around in my head uh, and that I've been sort of experiencing because, yeah, too, I think we also have many dreams, you know, and some dreams fully come true and some come true in ways that we could have actually never imagined because we're not omnipotent. And two, sometimes it's about the essence if we're honest, like what is about the essence of the dream? It reminds me of like when you when you're in a dream and you're like like I'm like oh James, it's like you were in my dream, but it, it wasn't you, but it was somebody else, but it was you, right? Mm-hmm. And, but there was the essence of that, and so sometimes I had to look at like what is the essence of what it is that I wanted. Well. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to put good things out there. I wanted to make really good money so I can, you know, show up in the world, do great things for people, like travel when we're allowed to do that again. And so it's sort of just also, I think, allowing your dreams to unfold. And sometimes it's releasing, allowing them to, to, I feel like I've just been doing a lot of surrendering, to to be honest, and just sort of going on. Uh, the, the, the path that is unfolding before me. And then once I started doing that, I because I, I, sometimes it can be a lot of unhappiness when we're not surrendering or we're trying to control where we think we're supposed to be going, what we think we're supposed to be doing. And like you said, who knows? In 10 years, uh, I could be back doing some acting stuff, but I'm also making a lot of money as a computer programming. Who knows? But allowing these things to sort of unfold absolutely um, in the best way that they can. Unfo- unfolding in an infinite powerful way, mm-hmm. in an infinite powerful way. And of course, in miracles teaches us if there are any followers of a course in miracles out there. Right here, right here. <laughs> of course, in miracles teaches us that we've got to understand that the ego, the ego can want to do its own thing, yeah. and the ego can be attached to a title or to an outcome or to whatever. But as we find that divine space within us, we unfold that love and that power, and we surrender. So mm-hmm. you are surrendering to your ego, and what you just told me just now had nothing to do with the particular title or an exact dollar amount that you want to be bringing in every single month. It had to do everything with surrendering of the ego. So there's that space to become a greater expression of yourself. Yeah. You are releasing blockages right now just by saying, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of, you know, the acorn doesn't try to become a tree. It just, it just doesn't happen. There's an unnatural, there's a, there's a natural unfolding that the universe already has uh, a plan. Mm -hmm. And um, my suffering was coming from trying to make all these things happen. So in some ways it's been such a, I mean, in a lot of ways, like it's been such a blessing to sort of hit the pause button because I could have ran to LA and been just as miserable chasing a, a dream that was dependent upon 
someone else giving me the green light as opposed to now. Yes. I'm not, I don't, I'm not dependent on being an actor for my financial living. Like I can now do it for fun. Like teaching the mm -hmm. dance class, I was doing it for fun. Um, you know, and it just, it was, it was nice to get back to creating for fun sake, as opposed to like survival. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that suffering is self-inflicted suffering that's attached to the ego. Yes. Um, we can we can talk Buddhist philosophy all day long about how to release some of that suffering and how all that you went through, all that suffering that you went through with that ego attachment and my ego attachment to titles or by the time I'm 30, I need to be making this amount of money mm -hmm. and I need to be living mm -hmm. in this kind of house. And I need to have this kind of spouse and I also yeah. need to have this kind of title and this kind of responsibility and this number of people working for me. And I need to have traveled to this number of states. And I need to have traveled to this number of countries. <laughs> and I need to have Gosh. this amount of friends. Yeah. That's what killed me, James. On August mm. 25th, 2012, I was exhausted when my body yeah. was pulled from the water because yeah. my ego had been inflamed to such an extent that I was working longer hours. I was surrounding myself with people who I was not in spiritual or value alignment with. I was striving for the next material possession. I was striving for the next line item on my resume. So I went out there kayaking on August 25th, 2012, uh, my eight-year anniversary is actually coming up this year of, of being, you know, uh, rescued and having the chance to, yeah. to be born again. But um, yeah. all that stuff exhausted me. It exhausted me. And that drowning came as a wake-up call to say, boy, you can do a whole lot better than what you were doing. You just have to release the ego. You have to surrender. You have to get rid of the childhood trauma, the reminders that told you as a little black gay boy growing up in Lynchburg, Virginia, that you were not enough because what you were doing during your 20s was striving, striving, striving to the point of collapse of trying to prove yourself to the rest of the world about who you yeah. could be and what you could be. And all of that was out of alignment with my core, with my core. Going to school, getting good grades, sure. That was hard work, that's fine. Do it, get a good job. Hard work, fine, do it. But the striving part is a manifestation of the ego being inflamed above and beyond where it should be. Now, the ego is healthy to some extent. It protects yeah. us from getting run over by cars or being, you know, eaten by a shark, you know, or, sure. or, or, or yeah. being, a, being attacked. The ego can, can protect us. But when it gets inflamed and it puts too many metrics in place about who we should be and how we should be showing up, there's suffering on the inside and that suffering doesn't last for a week or, or a month. It can last an entire lifetime. It can last an entire lifetime. You'll see people, you know, um, uh, uh, in their later years, consistently getting uh, plastic surgery on their faces or buying uh, the fanciest car every single year, every six months that they can possibly buy or going to the fanciest restaurant or trying to impress and press and press when what they really need to do is be able to close their eyes and say, ah, oh, I love myself and my centeredness wows me and that impresses me. That impresses me. And it's just that mm, mm, mm kind of feeling that you get when you wake up every single day and you're centered and you're not, you're not selfish and you're not um, uh, 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 just full of yourself, but you're at peace. Right. There's a difference yeah. between self-love and uh, just uh, self uh, self-motivated or self-focused or self-selfishness. There's a difference between all right. those things.
hands down, 100%. 100%. Um, One more question from a listener. This one is from Chris A. Um, Chris. Chris A asks, what are the tactics or mindsets we can learn to become more tuned into seeing opportunities for ethical and impactful wealth creation in this new world? Um, Are there things that we should be taking advantage of or um, could be doing to to, to build that as we move forward towards whatever this new world is that we're going to be coming out the other side? Thank you for that question, Chris. The first thing we should do when we wake up in the morning is say, thank you. Thank you. The fact that Chris has a computer and you and I have a computer and we've got this technology and we're, we are in yeah. sheltered homes right now with electricity mm-hmm. and we've got bellies that are full of food and we've got freedom. Mm-hmm. We are more privileged during this time than 90 some odd percent than the rest of the world. And in all of history, we've got more opportunity, more privilege than a century ago, five centuries ago, 10 centuries ago. We are the most privileged people to ever walk the face of this earth, in particular, those who have the means to have electronic communication and and food and shelter and to be able to live a free lifestyle. What a privilege. What we can do is we can enter into the vibration of gratitude and allow it to enfold everything about us. And mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning, I'll say, you know, well, um, uh, thoughts will start racing in my head. Well, I got to do this. I got to do that. But then I breathe it. Stop, breathe. Thank you. Say, thank you. Say it mm-hmm. to yourself. Say it out loud. Say it a hundred times if you have to, before you plant your feet on the ground, because that vibration of gratitude will prepare you for the rest of your day as you align in your fullness and this expression of the universal God within opportunities will come your way, abundance will come your way, but it first begins with gratitude. Now, if we have negative feelings or frustration or um, just uh, uh, just uh, low energy clinging to us, we can do the opposite of what I call writing out a gratitude list. And uh, I can write out a frustration list. And I did it during the second mm-hmm. week of quarantine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, I was thrown off like a lot of other people. I think it was, uh, yeah. I, I can't even tell which date today's the, the it's, it's mid May right now, but it seems like we've been going through yeah. this for a while. So I get my dates mixed up. So this was back yeah. in, this was back in March. And, uh, mm-hmm. I had so much pressure in the business from working and trying to uh, help so many people and stretching myself thin because I said, well, this is my moment, James, this is my moment. I can help. And I know how to do this and I know how to do that. And I know how to teach people how to meditate and I know how to help people get centered and I'm going to be doing this online and I'm going to be reaching out to this client and that client. And it turned into 16 hour work days where I was not practicing self care and I was not Mm -hmm. saying thank you enough. And that Mm -hmm. inner wellness, that energy, that energetic frequency within me had escaped. So even though I was saying thank you, I was popping out of the bed, hundred miles an hour, go, 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 go. I said, I got to slow this ship down in order to come back into my fullness and that really, really just abundant feeling of gratitude. And so I went back to my thank you affirmation. I am gratitude. I am thankfulness. I am peace. And I would say that self, say that to myself again and again all day long. Here's what happens, James. When we give the subconscious mind fodder like that, food like that, good stuff to just live off of, it crowds out all the weeds of negativity. Because most mm-hmm. folks' brains, mine included, are thinking about what-if scenarios or something um, that might be neutral or negative 
um, in their lives. And that's probably about 80 or 85% of our thoughts scientists tell us. But most of yeah. the time, the outcomes are either neutral or positive. So we've got these negative thoughts out there, these, these worry thoughts out there. Um, but most of the time, the outcomes are positive. How do we reverse that? We go back to gratitude. And gratitude is not saying necessarily, thank you for my car. Thank you for these new sneakers. It is, thank you for this alignment. Thank you for this fresh air. Thank you for this moment to slow my life down, to pause a little bit and to love a little bit more. And as we write out that gratitude list, I mean, we should just be fleshing out hundreds of different things and just reflecting on it, reflecting on it, reflecting on it. As we write out the frustration list, we can write it out. We can let all that anger out. And then at the end, we can tear it up into pieces or we can burn it up and we can let go of that frustration to move back to gratitude. But it is very hard to be in gratitude and to be in abundance and to attract abundance if we don't practice gratitude. And can I have two more minutes to, to share a story? Yeah, with, uh, absolutely. With, with Chris? Of course. All right. So, <laughs> so, so, so a few years ago, I was the, the headline speaker, a major conference. I mean, just thousands of people, the event planners, the workers, I mean, they were just busting their fannies organizing this thing. And they had sent uh, private cars or, or, or limos or, or, you know, the Escalades, whatever, pick up other speakers yeah. and everything. And they got real busy. They got all backed up. Yeah. So the boss sent um, one of her guys to pick me up at the airport. Really, really nice guy. Um, so I'm standing at the airport. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, I got this text, text message. Somebody's going to pick me up. Stand right here is what they told me. I'm like, okay, is anybody going to show up? So somebody shows up in a decent looking car and he said, well, oh, Mr. Nallon, I'm so grateful to meet you. I'm so grateful to meet you. I've read your book and uh, we just can't wait to have you. And we're just so excited. And then he opened the car door for me. And this was after I gave him a hug and said, I'm so excited too, because I was really excited to see the young man. And I opened up the car door and on the passenger seat where I was supposed to sit, there had been chocolate smudged on it. There had been coffee spilled in the seat. There were wrappers from fast food restaurants. And I thought, my God, how am I supposed to sit in this seat and get from the airport to the conference center um, clean and not look disheveled yeah. having food stains all over my clothes? So I started to clean up the seat and, and he did so a little bit, but I don't really think that he really knew what cleanliness and first impressions were all about. And so I asked him, I said, do you mind if we do something before we go to the conference center? Do you, do you mind if we just take a few minutes and go to the car wash? Let's just go to the car wash and get your car clean. We're going to clean it on the outside. We're going to clean it on the inside. And so we spent about a half an hour washing the car, getting it clean. And um, I saw a smile start to creep onto his face. And he was like, wow, this car looks really good. And it was, it was a nice looking car by the time we were done. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, now that this car is clean, may I share something else with you? He said, sure. I said, the way you take care of anything is the way you take care of everything. And my assumption mm. is that your boss mm. might have sent you to pick me up today because she had more trust in others to help her and to get the work done than you. She knew that I could find a way from the airport to the conference center and that that would be okay but I believe that your energy and the way that you care for this car is a demonstration of your gratitude or lack thereof in your life right now. So do me a favor. I want you to take care of your car going forward. And I also want you to take care of your home going forward. And then write down 
a dream about where you want to be one year from today. He said, well, I want a promotion. I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy and I can do this and I can do that. I said, but you got to keep your car clean. You got to keep your apartment clean. And you got to stick to this dream that you wrote down and you share with me. Don't you know he checked in with me every couple of months? He said, James, keeping my car clean, keeping my home clean. I have, I have not forgotten about my dream of wanting a promotion. After one year, that man not only got a promotion, but he got it two levels higher than what he thought he was going to get it. That is to say that gratitude and appreciating and caring for what you have and allowing that energy to enfold you with everything that you do, every word that you say, every present moment that you have with another human being is a powerful, powerful, attractive force. And if you want to move into abundance, you got to move into gratitude. And if you want to move into gratitude, you've got to really, really take care of what you already have. And you might have a 200-square-foot apartment, and you might have a 10-year-old car, but that 10-year-old car is your Maserati. That's your, that's your Rolls Royce. It gets you from work to home safely every single day. Let's thank the universe for it. Your apartment yeah. might be 200 square feet, but that's your mansion. And let's care for it yeah. as such. You might make half of what you want to be making, but right now that's your income and that's what puts food, puts food on your table. And that's where your value falls in the marketplace. And if you open yourself up to this more powerful divine expression of yourself, beginning with gratitude, gratitude for what you already have and caring for what you already have, new doors will open, James. I promise you. Ah, that is a beautiful moment right there. I mean, especially with everything that's going on, going it back to just, it can seem like there's so many terrible things happening, but there's always something to be grateful for right in the moment. Um, James, I know we got to go, but is there, how can they stay in contact with you? You're doing wonderful things on Instagram. How do they follow you? I want people to follow me on social media. We've been putting a lot of work into our mental health moment videos. Mental health is serious, guys. It's something that we don't talk about. It's the differentiator between the haves and the have-nots. And for those who are the haves, those who really know how to be happy in the process. Don't forget this. Rich means realizing I create happiness. R-I-C-H. You create yes. your own happiness with your own consciousness and by by nurturing your mental health on a daily basis. So please friend me on Instagram. Please friend me on LinkedIn. I do a little bit on Twitter, but not so much. But Facebook, uh, we've got a new page up. But we're spreading the positivity with those mental health moments. And also pick up the book, jamesonamazon.com. jamesonamazon.com for The Purposeful Millionaire, 52 Rules for Creating a Life of Wealth and Happiness Now. And if you want to know where to find a gratitude list, Go to jamesnowlin.com slash gratitude and start working on your gratitude list. It's free. Uh, take it, run with it, do it with your significant other, do it with your family, but focus on that gratitude before you start planning and stretching and striving. And many, many things will start to fall in place in your life. I promise you guys. Uh. <laughs> James, uh, I love you so much. I appreciate that you came. You lifted my spirits. I know everyone that was listening. And just thank you so much for the work and messages that you do. Like you uh, were just the right person to come in and, and talk to us. So thank you so much, James. And uh, be well, my friend. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate all the positive work that you do and the wonderful energy that you put out into the universe. You are a legend. <laughs> it takes a James to know a James ah. or enter the <laughs> <laughs>
Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right, it's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. What an episode. I hope you all are feeling as electric and charged as I am. So incredibly grateful for James coming back on the show. Um, like I said, we actually had him on the show a few months ago. It was like actually the a few days before the pandemic had really hit. Um, and it just, that conversation just didn't seem right. And James was willing to come back um, and, and talk to us and just very, very grateful. So I hope that you are feeling electrified, you're feeling charged, or even just feeling, you know what, it's okay to not be okay right now, just to be where you are. But I hope that this episode and the conversation with James will be a bit of a North Star and guiding light for you. So what did you all think about the show? Uh, tweet at us. You can tweet at Minority Corner. And you can also join the Facebook group, the Minority Corner Kids Playground. Uh, we're hot and live over there. You can also follow us on Instagram. Curious what maybe some of your roadblocks were. What are the most the insights that you are taking away with the most from this conversation with James? Also really do would plug uh, the book, uh, his book, Purposeful Millionaire, 52 Rules for creating a life of wealth and happiness. Uh, I can't speak enough about this. Again, what I love so much about, y'all know I love a self-help, self-empowerment book, but what I love so much about James is that, well, it's just so relatable. He's also black, he's also gay, and his name is James, and it's just something that really, you know, spoke to me as if he understands what some of our journey, he understands because he's lived it. He's part of these. He's part of the minority corner fam bam. So, again, just big thanks to James, and I, I I can't wait to hear what some of you all had to say about the episode. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. I uh, really hope that you all are doing well. Don't forget to wash your hands, and and that's it. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to Minority Corner because together we're the majority. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.